right, good to be back with you this morning. Have you ever lost anything? Yeah, wow, okay, everybody's being honest today. Uh, maybe your uh, wallet or your purse, if you're a woman, right, okay. Uh, maybe your cell phone multiple times a day. Maybe you've lost some valuable information on your computer when it crashed. You know, just everything that you had in your life was on there and you lost it. Or maybe you lost a pet, you know, it just ran away from home and for whatever reason it just never came back. Have you ever lost a child while on vacation? No yeses? Come on, please make me feel better. Well, we did. We, we lost a child while on vacation. Um, we were vacationing in, in Kiowa Island in South Carolina. And our son, Isaac, he's my oldest. He was about five at the time. And the thing to do at Kiowa is to ride bicycles. You, you ride bicycles everywhere on the island. And so Isaac had just learned how to ride. And what do you do when you just learn how to ride? You just, you just take off. So that's what he did. He just took off. And he didn't come back. So, uh, you know, honestly, that we were scared to death. We were worried uh, half a day. You know, we couldn't find our son. Um, I'm riding around on my bicycle, sweating, about to overheat and die, but I just keep going because I want to find my son. Uh, police cars are passing me with their lights on. There's a helicopter flying over me. Probably doesn't have anything to do with my situation, but see, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, no, something's happened. I got to pedal faster. So, uh, but I see all these signs that say, beware of alligators around the ponds and the waterways. And so, you know, panic, this plays through your mind. But thank God Isaac was eventually found. And uh, he, a uh, nice young lady had found him and, and had decided to stay with him until we could come get him. So God took care of us in that situation. But we all understand that at some point in our lives, we're going to lose something. It might even be t- today for you. You might walk out of here and, and I'll be finding some keys after church. But here's another really big question for this week. Last week we had a tough one. We had a big one. This week, probably an even bigger one. Can you lose salvation? Can you lose salvation? It, let me ask you this. If you were to die today, do you know that you will go to heaven? Can you be sure of eternal security. I know many of you struggle with this, but this isn't something new. This isn't a recent issue. People have been struggling with this a long, long time. And so long ago, the book of 1 John was, was written to people that were struggling with the assurance of their, their salvation. And so John wanted to sort of write to provide them some Assurance. Let's look at this together as we begin in 1 John 5, 11. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Here we go in verse 13. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. So that you may know that you have eternal life. So it is possible 
to know that you have eternal life. Whoever has the Son, Jesus Christ, has eternal life. If you've given your life to the Lord, you can be assured that you are His forever. Amen? Now we're going to look at a lot of scripture today. I just want to kind of prepare you for what's going to take place. But I want to do something different. I want to focus on grace this morning. I want to focus on the grace of God. And grace is something that is given to us. It's something that we don't deserve. It's God somehow showing unmerited favor in our life. And I think... Getting a solid grasp on grace will allow those of you who who question eternal security to feel more at ease and insecure and insecure, excuse me, in the salvation that God has given to you. Okay? Because why? Because grace isn't about you. It's not about you, it's about God. You might say, but what if I do this or or do that, or what if I don't do this? Well, wait just a minute. It's not about you. It's not about you or the things that you do or don't do, but grace is about God. And it's when we take, when we take the focus off of ourselves and we place the focus back on God, that's when we get the true picture of grace. That's when we get the true picture of salvation. And that's when we get the true picture of eternal security. So I want to walk through four principles with you this morning. If you're taking notes, you might want to write these four down as we go along. We can have the assurance of salvation, but I think first we need to start at the beginning of salvation. Well, how are you saved? Well, the first principle, it's important to understand that we are saved by grace. We are saved by grace. Look with me at Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Well, this means that there's nothing that we can do to earn, to buy, or or inherit salvation. There there are no works involved. It It is a free gift from God. And remember, our theme for today is it's not about me, it's about God. It's, it's through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that we, we are saved. We become Christians through God's unmerited grace. Not as a, as a result of any effort, ability, or act of service on our part, but we are saved by grace. That's how we are saved. So not only are we saved by grace, but principle number two is we are kept by grace. We are kept by grace. Since salvation isn't dependent upon us to begin with, you see, maintaining salvation isn't dependent upon us either. Remember, grace isn't about us. It it is all about God. The grace that God gave us in the first place is the same grace that will see us through. Look at what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 1, 8 and 9. He will also keep you firm to the end, 
so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, who has called you into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. It's God that keeps us to the end. It's God that that secures us. It's God that keeps us firm, which also means unmovable or preserved. It's God. It's God's grace that saves us. It's God's grace that keeps us, that secures us. And Paul wasn't the only one to say this. In Jude 24 and 25, we read this. This is a doxology. It's, It's a prayer And listen to this, to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God our Savior be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. It's God's grace that saves us. And it's God's grace that, that keeps us. It's, it's him who is able to keep you from falling, from stumbling out of his grasp. It's him who's able to present you before his glorious presence without fault. It's him. It's him with all power and authority before the ages, now and forevermore. He's the one that holds you. Amen? He's the one that holds you. He's the one that keeps you. But the question you you may ask is, well, if that's the case, does this mean that I can just do whatever I want to? That I can live however I want to live? No. No, it doesn't mean that at all. As a matter of fact, that's a misunderstanding of grace and salvation. We're, We're saved by grace. We're kept by grace. And the third principle is we are changed by grace. We're changed by grace. Paul wrote about this in Romans 6, 1. He says, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? So there's a change that takes place when we're saved. We're, we're different. We're a completely new person. And Paul writes about this in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, when he says, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. God's grace changes us. It changes, it changes our heart. We are made new, and, and spiritually, we are actually born again. That's what that means. Born again. We, we now want the things that God wants. We desire the things that please God. And we want to get rid of things in our life that displease God. We've changed. Grace changes us. Well, you might say, well, what about sin? Do, do Christians sin? If I sin, does that mean I'm not saved? Real Christians sin. A Christian is a sinner saved by grace. That's what a Christian is. A sinner 
saved by grace. And the Christian life is a struggle. It's a battle. It's a, it's a spiritual struggle. It's a struggle because why? We are still sinners. We're still sinners. We have a sinful nature. And it's something that we, unfortunately, we're going to have to deal with as long as we are on this earth and in this body. Paul writes about this struggle in Romans 7, verse 18. Read with me. For I know the good, that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good. So you see, there's the change. There's the change of heart by grace. The desire to do what pleases God. I have that desire, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep doing. Does that sound like any, any of you? The struggle w- was real for Paul. He struggled with sin. Are we any different? Let me ask you something. Do you consider yourself any better than the Apostle Paul? Paul knew what he needed to be doing. He knew, that way that, he knew the way that God wanted him to behave. But there was a struggle, you see, between his spiritual heart and his sinful body. A struggle. Christian struggle. And so Paul goes on to say this in Romans 7, verse 24. What a wretched man I am. Let me ask you, does that sound like somebody that's perfect? What a wretched man that I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Who will rescue me? And then Paul goes on to answer his own question. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thanks be to God. You see here again, it's God that delivers. It's God that saves. It's God that keeps Even when there's sin in my life, God delivers me through Jesus Christ because why? It's not about me, it's about Him. It's about God. Jesus Christ not only conquered death, but He conquered sin. He lived a sinless sinless life. He overcame the grave, but He also overcame sin. And so when we put our faith in Him, we join ourselves to the one who not only conquered death, but conquered sin. So Paul goes on to say this in the very next chapter in Romans 8. Therefore, because Christ delivers me, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit, who gives life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. If you have placed your faith in Christ, you're saved. You've been forgiven, and you are set free from the bondage of sin. Why? Because Christ conquered that. Christ conquered that. Christ was victorious. And it's because Christ was victorious that there is no condemnation. 
Not because of my ability not to sin, but because of his victory over sin. It's not about me. It's about him. So the Christian life will be a struggle. You will sin. You will mess up, but by the grace of God, if you are in Christ, you are not condemned. But just because believers are not condemned doesn't mean that God won't discipline us when we go astray. Here's where I really need you to pay attention. We've been gung-ho starting out, but I really need you to stay with me. That brings us to the last principle about grace. We are disciplined by grace. We are disciplined by grace. Yes, we're going to mess up. Christian sin. But God will not allow us to remain in sin without getting involved. Look with me at Hebrews 12, 4 through 7. In your struggle against sin, there it is. You see? Sin's a struggle. It's a battle. It's a struggle. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? It says, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. And do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines the one he loves. And he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? You see, God disciplines the ones he loves. God disciplines his children. The difference between a believer who sins and a non-believer who sins is struggle, spiritual conviction, and godly discipline. That's the difference. How many of you have been to Walmart? And let me get to my question. I know everybody's been to Walmart. (laughs) How many of you have been to Walmart and you see kids some kids running around there just going crazy and screaming. How many of you just want to spank them? <laughs> you want to, but you don't. You don't. Why? They're not your children. They're not your kids. But now, if my kids misbehave in Walmart, I'm spanking. And I don't care who sees me. I'll spank in grocery. I'll spank in toys. I'll spank in the checkout line. I'll spank. We discipline our children because we love them, right? We care about them. If we didn't, we would just let them run around and do whatever they wanted to do. God's the same way. If you're a child of God and you struggle in sin, you're struggling with sin, he will discipline you. And here's what I know about discipline. It's not comfortable. Discipline isn't comfortable at all, but that doesn't mean that God does not love you. To the contrary, it's because of God's love that you are being disciplined. But when that happens, we can't let our our failures and God's discipline bring us down. Just like our kids in Little League, you know, when they're young, um, when they're real young, you know, they're out there in the field, they're chasing butterflies. And they're looking at airplanes, 
going, going in the sky. And we're trying to teach them how to play, and they're trying their best to learn. Sometimes they'll swing at bad pitches. Sometimes the ball will go through their legs in the infield. Sometimes we'll need to sort of take them to the side and tell them what they need to do. We'll need to correct them. And, and what do they look like when you do that? Got their head down. They're embarrassed. They're ashamed. Right? But after we do what we need to do, we correct them. We tell them, what do we say? Pick your head up. Pick your head up. You can do it. Get back in the game. Get back in there. Listen, God doesn't want us to walk around with our heads down. God doesn't want us to live life questioning. Questioning if we're saved. Questioning if we've fallen out of grace because of something we've done. We can't live life to the fullest that way, and we definitely cannot be productive Christians that way either. During initial construction of the Golden Gate Bridge, um, there were no safety devices used in, in constructing this, believe it or not. And t- 23 men fell to their deaths in, in building that bridge. Well, after that, they decided they needed to put this huge safety net you know, below the bridge as a safety precaution. At least 10 men fell after that, but they were saved from certain death. Even more interesting is that 25% more work was accomplished after the net was installed. Why? They had assurance of their safety. They were free to focus on the things that they were supposed to do. They were free to focus on accomplishing the work instead of worrying about falling. When we get our focus off of ourselves and we place the focus back on God, we realize that our lives are really not for us, but they are to glorify God. So when we're not where God wants us to be, he will discipline us. And he'll do whatever it takes to correct you and get you back in the game. You see, because he has a purpose for you. He has a job for you. He wants to accomplish things through your life. He wants to use your life to bring him glory. So your assurance... Your assurance for eternal security can be found in the grace of God. It's God's grace that we should focus on. We're saved by grace. We're kept by grace. We're changed by grace. And we are disciplined by grace. God's grace is more than enough. Now, I know some of you still have questions about eternal security, so let me address those. Can we be certain? Can we be certain that once God saves us, we are saved for eternity? Yes. For those of you that have placed your faith in Jesus Christ, you can have assurance that you are his forever. 
Well, can I lose my salvation? No. No. You can't lose salvation if you didn't do anything to get it in the first place. Let's be practical for one moment. If you can't do anything to get salvation, what makes you think you can do anything to lose it? Remember, it's about God and His grace. It's not about me, what I do or what I don't do, but it's about God, who he, who he is, and what He has already done. Once you're a child of God, nothing can separate you from Him. Nothing. But you might say, well, what about that verse that says, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and, and it says, depart from me, I never knew you? I hear that a lot. But the key phrase is, I never knew you. I never knew you. Not that I knew you once, but you dropped the ball, so I gave up on you. Or that I knew you, but then you messed up too many times, so I had to eventually back out. It's I never knew you. I never knew you. If you know God, if you have a relationship with God, if you've been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, this doesn't even pertain to you. It's not even talking about you. This is talking about someone that has never been saved. Someone that never produces any spiritual fruit in their life. If you know God, nothing can separate you from that love. Some of you get confused about your relationship to God. I need you to stay with me here. Don't confuse your relationship to God with your fellowship with God. Let me say that again. That's hard for me to say. Don't confuse your relationship to God with your fellowship with God. Once you've been saved by the grace of God, your relationship is established. That is your position. That is where you stand. You have a permanent relationship with God. But if there's sin in your life, that will affect your fellowship with God. Understand the difference? Just like in marriage, Angela and I, we are married. She's my wife. That's our relationship, you see. But when I mess up, when I act like an idiot, when I'm rude to her, that will affect my fellowship with her. I'll be sleeping in the recliner. You see, but that will not affect my relationship to her. She's still my wife. So if you're a child of God, if you have truly, truly been saved by grace, you can't lose your salvation. Once you've been born again, you can't be unborn again. Once you've spiritually crossed from death to life, you can't cross back from life to death. Don't confuse your relationship to God with your fellowship with God. Well, you might say, what about backsliding? That's another thing that, that came up during my studies was the term backsliding. Can you backslide? Um, I was reading a funny story about a pastor who was having a heart-to-heart conversation with a backslider in his church. It uh, was a really, really old man. Well, this old man, he loved him some moonshine. 
Loved him some moonshine. And this, this love affair with moonshine, it led to quarreling with the neighbors and an occasional shotgun blast in their direction. <laughs> and so the pastor, pastor uh, meets with the old man and says, Listen, can't you see that not one good thing comes from this drinking? Well, the old man says, Well, I'd have to disagree. It makes me miss the ones I shoot at. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's for you moonshine lovers. Can you backslide? Yes. You can backslide. Do you know what a backslider is? A Christian who's struggling with sin. I was a backslider. The Lord saved me at the age of eight. But there were times in my young life when I, when I strayed from the Lord. You could say I was a backslider. There were times where I looked more like a child of the world than a child of God. But here's the thing. Not once did I ever question my salvation. Not one time. You see, the Lord saved me by grace. And the Lord kept me by grace. And by His grace, my heart was, was changed so when I was going through those times, I felt conviction. I felt spiritual conviction when I was backsliding. I knew that I wasn't where God wanted me to be. I knew I wasn't where I was supposed to be in my walk with the Lord. And so what happened? I was disciplined by grace. I was disciplined by grace. He disciplined me. He corrected me. And then he said, get back in the game. Pick up your head. Get back in the game. I've got some work for you to do. Amen. Now, by the grace of God, my life is on a much better path. It's not perfect. There's still struggles each and every day. But I still belong to Almighty God. Real Christians struggle. Real Christians are involved in the spiritual battle. The Bible warns us about that. It tells us about that. There's a spiritual battle going on. It's a struggle. And from the very beginning, from the very beginning to the very end, God is right there in the middle. Right there with his children, doing whatever he needs to do to get his children headed in the right direction. Now I know many of you don't know what to do with this. I'm aware of that. I mean you come from church and, and family backgrounds. That for generations have, have had this belief. That at some point in your life depending on how you live. You could lose your salvation. And you wrestle with the idea of eternal security. Listen, you don't have to go through life wondering if God's going to pull the rug out from under you. You don't have to do that. You don't have to go through life feeling insecure. That's a poor way to live. You're only depriving yourself. Like this chair, for example. What do you know? There's a random chair on the stage. I really want to sit in this chair. 
I want, I want to sit in it real bad. I think it'll hold me, but I'm really not sure. I don't fully trust it. So what do I do? I sit on the edge, and I stay there. And it's, it really is uncomfortable. And it really does sort of feel like I could fall or I could lose my balance. If you're worried about constantly losing your salvation, this is sort of what your life looks like. You're on the edge. Uncomfortable. Worried about falling. Instead of worrying about that, instead of worrying about losing salvation, instead of worrying about backsliding, just slide back. Slide back. And when you slide fully back in the chair, guess what? The chair holds me. It's not me holding me, but it's the chair holding me. When you fully trust God with your salvation, it's Him that holds you. It's not you. It's Him. You can rest. You can be assured knowing that you belong to God. And listen to me as we close. It's not about your faithfulness. Because at some point, you will be unfaithful to God. But we have assurance because of God. Just like what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1, 8 and 9. God will keep you firm to the end. God will keep you firm to the end because God is faithful. God is the one that is, that is faithful. It's Salvation is not about me. It's about him. Aren't you glad God's faithful? Well, I challenge you to, to encourage you to rest in God's faithfulness. Now I'm finished. I'm going to pray in just a second. For those of you that are, that are struggling with this issue... I would invite you just to turn that over to God today. Put your trust completely in God. After all, Jesus said, come to me and I will give you rest. Now, obviously, that's not talking about physical rest. We know that. Eternal rest, spiritual rest that only God can give. You see, it's about him. You come to me. Come to him, and I will give you rest. The rest is found in Jesus. It's in God. Don't go through life wondering, questioning if you're his or not. I'll be up front uh, after the service is over. I'll be happy to pray with you. If, there, if, if you're a Christian right now and there's sin in your life, I pray that you repent from that. Sin's a very serious issue, folks. Just because we have grace, I, I hope that's not what you take away from today, that I can just go do what I want. 
Think about this. God sent his son Jesus to die for sin. That's how serious he takes it. If there's sin in your life, you have the opportunity today to go in a different direction. He died to forgive your sins. He wants you walking in his direction. Make that commitment today to follow him, to help you with your struggle. And then as always, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, would you do that today? Would you commit your life to following him today? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your faithfulness. Father, you are so faithful. And we, don't, we, we can't even comprehend how faithful you are. Your word tells us that your love never fails, never ends, and you are always faithful to us. But then somehow along, along our lives, there comes a point when we doubt that and we question your love. Father, may we get the focus off of ourselves, off of what's going on in our lives, off of our mistakes, and off and back on you where it needs to be. Because you never fail. You were faithful to the end. And so, Father, I thank you for the assurance that we have through your grace, the assurance to know that the, the sacrifice that Jesus made was enough for any sin that I could ever commit. Your son is more valuable than anything that I could do. The sacrifice, the payment, the penalty of my sin was paid in full. So, Father, may we go through this life aware that there's going to be times where we're going to struggle. But that doesn't mean that we fall out of, out of our relationship with you. We are still your children. Father, may that encourage us to get back in the game and to do what you've got us here to do, whatever that may be. For those that are struggling with this issue, it's been an issue. Their parents had an issue with it, grandparents, so on and so forth. Father, I pray that your spirit this morning speak, speak freedom to their hearts. Jesus Christ was victorious over sin so that we could be freed from bondage. And Father, if there's somebody here that doesn't know you as Lord, may that heart be changed today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.